1: Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host Steve Robertson here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. And how wonderful is it that we can celebrate Maroon Friday as we choose. We live in a country that we can do that. I hope that you are celebrating today. I know it's not the big deal that it once was. I know it's kind of an in-season thing for football. But I believe it is important for us to distinguish ourselves from the general population by declaring our allegiance to Mississippi State. So I encourage you to celebrate Maroon Friday again. I understand there's no games being played and that sort of stuff. So maybe the uh, you know the school spirit is not running quite as high as we uh, we'd need it to be ordinarily. But I think in these trying times it is important that uh, we pledge our allegiance. I do. I think it's important. I am wearing maroon today. It is also my birthday today. And so for those of you that are not sure what to get me, uh, cash is always great or Mississippi State memorabilia. Uh, maybe. Maybe some uh, some cool vinyl would be good. I was kind of reluctant to get back on the vinyl train. I got a bunch of records back home I got to go get. I mean, tons. Uh, but it's like, you know, it's so much easier. It's so much easier just to have, uh, you know, your phone, and you can have uh, you know, your iTunes and all that. But, you know, I'll be honest with you, there is some nostalgia involved with, with records. And uh, one of the things that I love as a music lover is the journey that an album takes you on. And so today, well earlier today, pardon me, I guess so actually on Thursday, because it's now actually the wee hours of the morning on Friday, I stopped by a, uh, a new place and bought some used vinyl, some vintage vinyl. And I was able to get uh, some legendary albums. I'll go ahead and tell you. I was able to get an original pressing of Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy, which is the best Led Zeppelin record. I know many people, oh, Steve, it's four. No, it's not four. Okay, I understand. Listen, some of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs are on that album. I think Rock and Roll and Black Dog are incredible. When the Levee Breaks. I mean, listen, I think Led Zeppelin four is number two. But Houses of the Holy, my goodness, man. The Ocean, Dire Maker, Dancing Days. Man, That is the Led Zeppelin record. I, and my mind won't be changed. Don't at me with your foolishness. The second album that I got is probably the Brian Adams album. And I have never had a Brian Adams album on cassette, CD, or vinyl until now. But I got Reckless, which has all the hits, Summer 69, One Night Love Affair, Run To You, all that. That's the big album. That's the one that kind of broke through for him. And he went from kind of being a, an opening act to being a headliner. And then I got one that's very special to me. That's Double Vision from Foreigner. Matter of fact, today's top 10 list is going to be Foreigner. Go ahead and look ahead. I'll go ahead and tell you now. I had a chance to shoot some pool with my oldest daughter this afternoon. We just put on that record. and It reminded me, it's funny how music takes you on a journey. You know what I'm saying? It's like there are some things, sometimes it's so so vivid. You can hear a song, and it's like it just transports you back in time. And so my oldest sister, Kim, and I hate to call her that because in in many ways, Kim is my favorite. And... uh, I love all of my siblings, don't get me wrong, but Kim and I probably had the most in common. Uh, and so Kim was a little bit older than us, and so we had to clean up the house. You know, Kim was kind of the one, that, the kind of the lead kid, you know what I'm saying? She was the one that said, hey, everybody's got to get to work, we've got to do this. And she would always put on a record, and she only had a handful, and I reminded her that today. I, I texted her and said, hey, I bought this Double Vision album, and it reminded me of you. It's one of the reasons that I got it. And my sister, Nikki, was a huge Bryan Adams fan. And I remember riding around in her Chevette listening to that tape, that Bryan Adams tape. So I got two of those records today, kind of in honor of my of two of my sisters. But, uh, you know, I put on that Double Vision album, and it was like all of a sudden, I could smell the furniture polish we used to use to clean the house. Because that's what we had to do every day. Before, before Mom and Dad got home, we got to go clean the house. The house has got to be spotless because if we're going to stay home by ourselves as kids, we've got to make sure we're, we're howling things. And so, but uh, it was kind of cool. And so I had a chance to, to listen to this album with my daughter and, and then shoot some pool around here. And uh, yeah, she's like, hey, who is this? this? is really good. And so that makes you feel good as a parent, too. But uh, I encourage you, give the gift of rock whenever you can. And, uh, you know, I'm a respecter of all music, but that's kind of where we're at today. Bulldog Burger Company. I will be there tonight. I'm going to have my birthday dinner at Bulldog Burger Company. Going to bring the fam. Going to have a good time. Not sure what time we're going, so don't be staking the place out or anything, but uh, we're going to go and have a good time. I'm looking forward to getting back. It's been a couple weeks since I've been over there. Uh, We've had some meals to go from there, but uh, going to go in, do the whole thing, and uh, probably going to reward myself with a little bit of dessert. Probably get, uh, I don't know if I'll get a shake to go or not, but I'm gonna get something. It's my birthday. I'll do what I wanna do. Gonna have, probably gonna go to Pimentology, add bacon. You know, sometimes, you, you know how it is, like the best laid plans, and you get there, and it's like there's an impulse decision, and you say, man, I really want this instead. One thing's for sure, we're gonna get the spring rolls. You should take your family out to eat at Bulldog Burger Company, too. Uh, it is always a great place to go break bread. Now, two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Starkville, Mississippi. And then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, that's the home of Elvis Presley, the birthplace of Elvis Presley, pardon me. And uh, two great places to get a great restaurant-quality hamburger. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet M-E-A-T. Okay, since we have been together, there has been a bit of a development with the Mississippi State football team and a COVID-19 virus. That morning, once we got... We were kind of moving some things around. Robbie Falk calls me and says, Hey, listen, I'm chasing a story about the, uh, the COVID-19 uh, t- the positive test with the newcomers. You know, we had 14 newcomers show up uh, last week. And listen, as I listen, I held your hand and I instructed you that there would likely be a positive test or two in the second wave of, uh, of signees showing up. And there was. Now, the original story that we got is that all the newcomers had been sent home and that there was a bunch of people in quarantine. And uh, it sounded really, really bleak. And so we continued to kind of work the story, and everybody kind of gets on the phone. We work different sources. We find out that it's one newcomer that tested positive. He is asymptomatic. And that six people were in quarantine. Uh, initially, the, people were saying all 14 were sent home or whatever, but, but that wasn't true. Uh, most of those guys are still here but uh, the sick those six guys are in quarantine I think a couple went home but most of them stayed here and they're just kind of self-quarantining waiting for their 14 days and uh, they haven't shown any symptoms and so they'll all be retested and all that sort of stuff but uh, you know there was an initial four that were tested positive and those guys have recovered and so they have also not spread to other teammates so that's good and again here's and this is incredible to me you know we have all talked about this endlessly and so they didn't get the COVID-19 virus when they walked into the SIL center that's not how it worked I mean you know they, they brought it with them so they wouldn't have been any safer at home Chances, And and here's the thing, too. This is kind of a novel concept. I don't know that many people have thought about this. But uh, if these gentlemen had not been student athletes, they would have never known they had the COVID-19 virus and probably could have walked around without a mask on and uh, spread that virus to people that love them, people within their circle of influence. But now they know, so they have a chance to protect themselves and those that love them. And so that's interesting uh, to me, It is also interesting that the University of Tennessee has tested all their football players and have zero positive tests. Boston College, zero positive tests. And if I'm not mistaken, Texas Tech, zero positive tests. I may be completely wrong about that last one, but there are, there are some schools out there that are doing very, very well. But that's not what gets pushed in the media. That's not, that that, that doesn't direct your eyes, does it? That doesn't get you uh, thinking, well, let me go click on this article. But you see a big article out there that there's, you know, 46,000 LSU players that have tested positive. And so let's go click this. What's going on? The world is coming to an end. So, again, I take it all with a grain of salt, the good, the bad, the indifferent, because we still don't know much about this. But we do know that um, younger people are not uh, getting sick at the same frequency that older people are. Uh, that's not to say that you should take this lightly. If you're a young person, I have two college girls in my family, and I'm constantly on them about, you know, you know, the protocols. You know, listen, wear a mask, wash your hands regularly, do what's asked of you. Don't take, don't go make unnecessary trips. Just, this is not party time. You know, many of you I know have probably seen the article over in Tuscaloosa. They were having these COVID nineteen parties, and some people have come out and say, "Well, that's not necessarily true." But you know, you've got you got elected officials saying that there was some evidence of this there was some COVID-19 parties where they were going to inviting people that were positive for COVID to see who all would catch it they had like had a pool of money or something and you know, that's pretty morbid considering that there you know over 100,000 people have died to this you know and so I, I think you know young people you can't play with this not not because that I expect you to get sick because i'm afraid you're going to carry it back and give it to somebody who can somebody who could get sick somebody that you love somebody kind of unsuspecting let's say for an example that your grandmother's never going anywhere say she's just completely self-quarantining staying home and maybe your mom's out shopping for and everything else and you just go over there and visit with her and kiss her on the cheek and next thing you know you've deposited some droplets over there and gotten her sick be smart i'm not saying that we have to live in a bubble But for some people, that's probably right. That's probably the right thing to do. So I say all that to say this, is that uh, just because we had a newcomer test positive for COVID-19 doesn't mean we're going to cancel football season. I discussed on Wednesday, and some people didn't like my method of delivery. We talked about how I told about the overreaction, and that's exactly what it was, an overreaction. And if that hurts your feelings, I'm not sorry. If you're offended, you probably need to be offended. When the alumni association announced that they were canceling their tailgate, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people are going in and out of the uh, the alumni center, uh, you know, on game day, and so they have made a decision, and that is, you know, kind of the the beginning and the end of the deal. But that's not good enough for some people. There are some people they're not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy until it's, it's the Thunderdome, until it's Mad Max and Thunderdome, and we're all living an episode of The Walking Dead. It's incredible to me how some people are so committed to being miserable. I, I refuse to be that person. So there have not been any decisions about tailgating at Mississippi State this year outside of the Alumni Association canceling their tailgates. Now, do I expect there to be less spaces to tailgate this year? I do. I do. But here's the thing about that, and again, this is just my opinion. I think a lot of people are kind of deceiving themselves because here's the thing. Let's say we have, uh, you know, tailgate spots, you know, 10, 12 feet apart. Do you think people are not going to go visit with their neighbors? Do you think people aren't going to go and, and just check in and say, hey, do you guys have chicken wings today or you you you're grilling hamburgers or whatever? People are going to mix on campus on game days. And so if if you're uncomfortable with that, then perhaps you should stay home. Perhaps you should wear a mask. Perhaps you keep to yourself. I'm not going to give you a code of conduct, but again, Let's not every time that there is some news that is good that can be considered somewhat negative. Let's not all assume the sky is falling. Now we may get notice here in about a month that uh, fans aren't going to be able to go to the first few ball games. We don't know, but I will tell you my, my honest opinion about that is: is if if we are not able to have fans at football games this fall, then many of your favorite businesses. In the greater city of Starkville will no longer be here when we can. Well, Steve, how can you say that? Well, because many of them are my friends. And I know without a federal bailout, this go-around, some of them would already be bankrupt. And so thankfully, we reopened in time for many of them to kind of salvage something. But here we are. You know, it's just like in, you know, the restaurant business cannot survive at 50% capacity. The restaurant business cannot survive with just to-go orders you know it's one thing to go to sonic it's another thing to go to harvey's it's a different deal and so i'm not saying that we just go willy nilly into the great night and hope for the best but that needs to be understood if we don't have fans at football games this fall, Starkville, as you know it, will no longer exist. It will change dramatically. That's not to say that some other businesses won't come back when we rebound or that some of the same people won't just come back out of uh, you know, bankruptcy for all that matter. But we have a lot of people in the, uh, in the business world here in Starkville that are kind of hanging by a thread right now. And they're depending on something happening positively with football. There's a lot of people in town that, uh, you know, when they did reopen, they didn't bring back the same number of staff because they just didn't need them. Because the business just didn't require it. So if you don't think that's part of the equation, you're kind of kidding yourself. And there are a lot of people are saying, man, let's just shut down and let's just stay quarantined the rest of the year and get this thing behind us. Well, there's no guarantee that happens. There's no guarantee that if we shut everything down to Christmas, then that we're going to have be free of this thing in January. There's, I mean, I know it sounds cute. And, and, and there are a lot of people too. And, and again, this is one of those things where if I step on your toes, I hope it hurts. Uh, there have been some places that I have gone, you know, they, they weren't ready to go back to work. They were just ready to go back to getting a check. Because I've been in some places and I think customer service is even worse and it's not because they're short It's just because I think people kind of got used to sitting on the couch and watching Netflix, and now all of a sudden we got to get back out there and work for a living. We're thinking, man, we just need to shut it down. I guess I'm I guess I'm venting a little bit. It's my birthday. I guess I can get away with it. But I can promise you that uh, everybody involved, from the governor's office to the state legislature to the state health officials to Lynn Spruill, our mayor here in Starkville, to John Cohen, to Dr. Mark Keenum, they are looking at everything. They are looking at everything and from every angle to see everybody that's impacted. Now, I don't think Mississippi State is ever going to make a decision just based on business for the city of Starkville. I think Mississippi State and the city of Starkville, for the most part, are willing partners in everything. But Mississippi State has to make decisions that are best for Mississippi State and its students and faculty. It's going to be an abbreviated semester this year anyway. And that's the thing, too. There's so many people that have convinced themselves, that well, if we don't have normal classes, we can't have football. Listen, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of your football players already take online classes. Already. You know, when Dak Prescott came back for his senior year and went to grad school, I don't know that he took an an in-class Class. I don't know if he had any in-class instruction that entire year when he got his math. I think everything was online. I might be mistaken, but I'm I'm 99% sure that I'm correct. And so it's not like it was years ago. And listen, as again I've told you, I've got girls in school here. And so one of my daughters has said that there are going to be some classes that you're going to have the option. You can go to class, or you can uh, do the Zoom call, and you can do the virtual learning center and so that's something to consider too there are a lot of people out there in the public school world that they don't have the internet service to kind of get away with all that stuff they're going to have to go to school and so those are some difficult decisions that have to be made in the weeks ahead that uh, you and I really won't get to vote on I know that's a big deal these days we think we should be able to vote on everything but we don't but the school thing is interesting. I was uh, had to get some new tires today. That's always nice. One of those unexpected purchases. You know, I knew at some point I was going to have to have them. I wasn't going to, have to do it today, but I did. And uh, speaking with a gentleman that has uh, got some knowledge of the public school system, and he kind of told me some of the challenges that they face. You know, it's not just you know in the rural areas the internet service, but you know there's there's a lot of people out there in many ways not only do they depend on the public school system to educate their children it is basically childcare. And there are a lot of people out there that don't have the resources uh, to be able to sit home there are a lot of single parent families out there there are a lot there there are a lot of single parent uh, there's a lot of mothers out there that uh have dropped the kids off at school and and then work hard all day long and then go back and get their kids later you know and so they're not going to be able to sit home with a six and seven year old kid and homeschool, and then just kind of hope for the best. I mean, they got a mortgage to pay like everybody else. And so that is a, that's a very interesting situation. It is something community-wide that everybody's going to have to kind of come together and do. And so, uh, listen, I, I've read all these reports that are out there. People are saying, you know, well, you know, kids got to be in school, and, you know, kids are okay. And, and, you know, I don't have grade school kids. I got one in high school, but I don't, I don't have young kids and I can tell you, even though I don't, I understand the anxiety that would be behind every bit of that, making the decision to drop your kid off, not knowing, you know, that that Petri dish that you're dropping them into. Who's to say that, uh, you know, that one of their classmates isn't positive for COVID. The next thing you know that they transfer it to your child and they bring it home. And let's say that you were, uh, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, you know, comprised health wise. You know, maybe you're a person with underlying issues, and you know that's there's a lot of gamble with all this. There really is. But uh, again, as Hus began the segment with, you know, we're not going to close the campus because one kid tested positive for COVID, and he's asymptomatic. Just it's not going to happen. Hawthorne is your answer, and I mean, that's one thing we talked about on the show the other day. You know, a lot of you guys didn't get a good Valentine's Day gift. Maybe you didn't have a sweetie at the time. Maybe you didn't. And you, and you, got, a, you got a Father's Day gift, you just kind of had to grin and bear it. You know what I'm saying? You say, well, you know, okay. It wasn't what I wanted. But I'm, it's nice to be thought of. You know, that's how it is at dad. You know, sometimes, the, you know, sometimes the best part of being dad, as Chris Rock said, is you get the big piece of chicken. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, sometimes being dad's not all it's cracked up to be when it comes to receiving gifts. The rest of it's pretty cool. But uh, the bottom line is, sometimes you've got to take the bull by the horns and get a good gift for yourself. You can do that at hawthorne.co. It's H A W T H O R N E.co. Use promo code BONEYARD to unlock some savings for yourself. Uh, They were running a nice little gift card for you during Father's Day. And so you can use that to buy other products. You can get body wash, you can get shampoo, conditioner, get face wash, anything you need. To look and smell good as a man, you can get right there at Hawthorne.co. Again, take the quiz. Go. I'm, nobody ever taught me how to buy a cologne either. I mean, here I am, almost fifty years old, and kind of finding out what cologne best suits me. You know, because I just went with, "Hey, well, this is popular. I'll go get that." This is what the girls seem to like. I said, "I'm gonna go buy." But now I've got something that that fits me. You go take the quiz. It takes about two minutes. They pair you up with your preferences. And you order your product and they send it to you. And you're going to trust me, it is the best smelling cologne I have ever had. Ever. Ever. Hawthorne.co, promo code Boneyard. H A W T H O R N E.co, promo code Boneyard. So let's get in the top 10 list. I told you it's going to be Foreigner. I never tipped those in the intro, but I did today. And so, and I've got a lot to talk about when it comes to, to Foreigner. And so, I don't know if you know this. But when Mick Jones and Lou Graham put the band together, one of the reasons they picked foreigners because, you because know, half the bands from the U.S. and the ha- other half from Europe. And so they said no matter what country they were in, somebody was going to be a foreigner, and the name stuck. So uh, my honorable mentions, and I could have put together probably a solid top 20 here, but that, w- that would require you know some, uh, some B-sides and stuff like that that maybe perhaps you weren't as familiar with and some of the new stuff. And I don't know if you know this, but Kelly the New Singer, Foreigner, used to be in a cool band called Hurricane. And uh, if you are looking for, like, maybe some late 80s hard rock that is radio-friendly, go get the uh, Over the Edge Hurricane album. And then uh, one of my favorite ones is on the, uh, I think it's Slave to the Thrill album, and it's called uh, Dance Little Sister. It is uh, absolute poetry. But Kelly is now, he replaced Lou Graham permanently as the singer and Foreigner. But every one of these songs that we're going to talk about today was sung by Lou Graham, who I believe he and Steve Perry, probably the two best American early 80s rock singers. And and, and yes, I don't think David Lee Roth was a great singer. I think David Lee Roth was an incredible frontman, But I don't have him in the same category as these guys as vocalists. Don't at me about that because you know that I'm right. Okay, so my honorable mentions for Foreigner is that was yesterday off the uh, agent provocative tour album that was uh i guess probably the second single wasn't the biggest hit on an album but it was a big radio play got, uh, hit for them uh, i don't want to live without you that's off um oh let me see what's in that album that's um that's inside information took me a second took me a second i was off my game a little bit uh I really dig that album too, that's a little bit later in the catalog, but uh that's you know before Lou Graham uh went and did Ready or Not. It's a solo album. And then uh Blue Morning, Blue Day, that is off Double Vision. I think it's the second song on that album, but uh but you'll dig it. I love all those songs, but they weren't good enough for the top ten. And so the first thing I want to take you to is listen, Farner had some killer ballads, but my favorite songs, much like Lou Graham, I like the rockers a little bit more. And you know that they had a lot of commercial success with some of these ballads. Uh number 10 is uh I Wanna Know What Love Is, which was a huge hit for them. It was also the beginning of the end of the Mick Jones-Lou Graham relationship because listen, Mick Jones was really, I guess kind of selling out. I guess that's the phrase to use. Is, you know, he wanted to, he wanted those big, huge radio hits. And kind of compromised a little bit. Not to say that this song isn't, isn't killer; it is. But Lou Graham wanted to do more of those anthemic type standards. He wanted to do more of the you know the stuff off the first couple of albums. And this is when the you know the the you know proverbial creative differences kind of really emerged. And uh, that was kind of the end of the show. Number nine on the list is uh, is is one from early in the catalog that nobody really talks about. It's "Dirty White Boy." Uh, great chorus, great riff from Mick Jones, it's just one of those songs that uh, I, I think at the end of the day, probably every every kid from South Mississippi has probably felt that way, great song, number eight for me, in the last of the ballads, okay, the last of the ballads, but I had to get this one in here, because I actually had it on a 45 before I bought the four album, that's Waiting for a Girl Like You. That was I remember calling in and requesting that song over and over and over again, trying to help it stay at number one. Uh, it was a huge hit. It's, uh, and listen, it, you know, it's one of those songs very relatable. Every guy in, in their life, at some point, you meet some girl, it shows you some attention, you're attracted to her, she's, she's into you. And that's what you're thinking. I've been waiting for somebody like you. So that's what that's about. Number seven, one of the last great foreigner hits is Jukebox Hero. One of those great songs that tells a story. Uh, It's on the uh, Foreigner Greatest Hits album, Records. I think you'll dig that one. If you don't know it, go put it on today. Number six, and some people are going to say, Steve, I can't believe you put this song ahead of Jukebox Hero. Well, it's my list. But that's Say You Will, also off of inside information. Uh, I I dig it so much because I think the lyric content is is great. And uh, it's one of those last... Even though they had really kind of become more transformed into an adult contemporary band, this is one of those songs that I think is, you know, if you're putting together a top ten list, I think Say You Will has to be on here some way. Uh, number five for me is Double Vision. And there are some days, if you ask me, Double Vision is higher on the list. And I do dig the fact that at Duty Noble Field, after every double, we play a few seconds of uh, Double Vision double vision always seems to get the best of me that that is the, the guitar riff on that it's some of Mick john's best work
0: the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling that's it it's that easy It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Mick Jones has an incredible tone and uh, is really kind of an underappreciated guitar player uh, in this generation. You go back and listen to those first couple of albums, uh, it's just innovative what he was doing. Number four, feels like the first time. And uh, that's one I taught the first album. And uh, it, it was a, a huge hit for them right out of the gate. That's the thing. Farmer went from being a complete unknown to being a band that was selling out arenas all over the country almost overnight. I mean, that first album was loaded with jams. And it uh, feels like the first time it was a huge radio hit. And before you know it, that, again, these guys were just kind of putting the band together. And they were superstars in no time. Uh, number three... If you ask my youngest, he'll tell you this is his favorite Foreigner song, and that's Cold as Ice. Again, I think we've all been there before, and I think that's one of the reasons that that Foreigner is so relatable to us is because they sing a lot of relationship-type songs and a lot of those typical feelings and things that we probably can't articulate. Lou Graham was able to do it for us. And uh, Cold as Ice, a great song, an American classic. Number two for me, and I almost went number one with this one, almost, almost the guitar solo on this is unlike anything you've ever heard especially for its time you know and the opening riff it's just one of those songs you know i listened to it today and and uh it's on the double vision album it's the first song on the second side but it's just one of those it's a good driving song and it's hot-blooded and uh it was everywhere when i was a kid this song was everywhere with the skating rink it's on the am station the fm station uh, you went into McClellan's or JCPenney, and it was—it seemed like the foreigner had kind of found its groove with Hot-Blooded. Uh, go, trust me, if you haven't listened to that song in a long, a long time, go back and check out that guitar solo. It is unlike anything else that you've ever heard, especially considering the time that he recorded that. Mick Jones, incredible. But number one for me, and your list may differ, but your list would be wrong. Number one for me doesn't even have a guitar solo on it. It has a saxophone solo on it, and that is Urgent. I think Urgent uh, is one of those great, great rock songs that just kind of transcends the genre and the decade. It still holds up today. You can put it on. It doesn't matter if Lou's singing it or Kelly singing it. it. It's just a great song that has uh, some instrumentation in it that is really unlike anything else. I encourage you to go check it out. Put, put together your own list. Put together a good playlist uh foreigner one of my favorite bands reminds me you know when i think foreigner i think 280zx and mazda rx7s and i think you know i I think about going to mazio's pizza there uh in jackson and then uh you know, going over to the mall metro center all that good stuff i mean it was just one of those things there's so many good memories with foreigner especially that earlier stuff the stuff where it's just great rock and roll music and uh, i hope you dig it hope you check it out Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of our show, love Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. They will love you back because they love Mississippi State people. They'll treat you like family. Many of you used them to buy your textbooks years ago, and now they're here to help you outfit your home, your office, your RV, your pet, whatever you have that you need to put some Mississippi State stuff on, they can do it for you. Visit them on the World Wide Web. At CampusBookmark.net, and by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll get you free shipping on all orders over fifty bucks. Any order less than fifty dollars, absolutely incomplete. They're getting new items in all the time, and let me encourage you to follow them on social media. They do some specials, kind of some social media specials from time to time, on their Facebook and Instagram. So again, that's Campus right here in Starkville okay so let's get into a couple more things Uh, let's get into some recruiting stuff Uh, cornerback recruiting that is something that is uh, rather intriguing to me because it is not a huge need in this class now the uh, secondary under Zach Arnett and and with Darcelle McBath Jason Washington is going to be a little different than the traditional alignment you know the, the the normal measurables and matrix doesn't really apply What they plan to do is put their best five defensive backs on the field. And what I think about when I hear that is it reminds me of when Corey Broomfield made the move from corner to safety so we could have more of our cover guys on the field. That was Manny Diaz's decision. It worked out pretty well. So that's what I think about with this, is you're going to have some guys that maybe don't look like safeties play safety, and you may have some guys that don't look like corners playing corner. You're going to put your best five out there and put them in the best alignment possible to give you the best matchup uh, where you can gain an advantage. But you signed three corners last year, uh, and that you know, Emmanuel Forbes is a name that everybody kind of remembers because uh, you know he was so highly recruited and so highly rated. And there was a lot of people out there with quote sources and sunglasses that were trying to suggest that he was going to flip to Ole Miss late, and then uh, there really wasn't much chance of that happening. And then, when there was a coaching change uh, in Oxford, that that removed all doubt uh, about that. Uh, but when and Javari Summan was a guy out of uh, Provo High School that committed to Mississippi State very, very early, and uh, one of those guys too, because he committed early, people kind of forgot about him. People kind of forget. You know, we talked about DeCambrian and Richardson. Some people think he plays corner. I think he plays as a safety. And I've had some people tell me he was the best-looking newcomer on campus when he showed up. Cameron Three shows up from Lewisburg. He got here early, as a matter of fact. And so you got three corners and you add Janari Dean in. You signed, you know, you basically signed a, a complete secondary last year. And so that makes the needs this year not quite as emergent. And then State is now done at the safety position. You got Callaway out of Philadelphia. I think he grows into a linebacker. At the very least, he's a box safety. Uh, and then you bring in, you know, uh, Ellington out of Holmes County Central, and then you get Mizell Williams earlier this week. I think you've got to continue to recruit those guys as if they're undeclared guys. But by and large, you have that situation resolved. Now you got to go get some corners. And so there are some guys that uh, you are somewhat familiar with. I, I touched on a couple of these guys in our chat sessions this week over at Gene's page. And if you're not a member, you, you darn well should be. Uh, I make myself available uh, about four nights a week, and we chat for about half an hour or so. And you can always get your questions answered on our message board. Paul Jones, Robbie Falk, uh, Dave Murray, Mike Nemitz, you and Swindall—the whole crew—more uh, than happy to address your questions. And uh, Paul's on vacation this week, but that'll be over soon enough. And uh, kind of a good time to take vacation—not a lot going on as we prepare for, for uh, hopefully getting uh, football practice started here in a couple of weeks. But uh, so. There's a couple guys out there that we haven't talked a lot about, one of those being Markevious Brown out of IMG. Now, he is originally from Pahokee, Florida. There has been a bulldog uh, in recent years that's also from Pahokee, Florida, as they say, from the muck, and that's Pernell McPhee. Now, I don't think Pernell McPhee is probably a drawing card to get uh, Brown to Mississippi State, but Darcy L. McBath is working on him pretty hard, and uh, and Brown has said that he pretty much hears from his top schools every day. Uh, obviously, Miami is one of those. Ole Miss is one of those. Mississippi State's one of those. Uh, so there's five or six schools there that are on him pretty hard. I continue to hear the chances of him leaving the state of Florida are probably pretty slim. Well, that's not to say that State uh, can't get in a mix and do a good job with him, but he is a guy that's got a lot of options, And he is a guy that's going to be very difficult to beat one of the Florida schools for. But you're in it. You're in it. You're working to stay in it. And then we'll kind of see what happens. And, you know, there are other people out there that, you know, their school is really not in it. And they're trying to stay in it. But, uh, listen, that's going to be a tough pull, you know, really for anybody out of the state of Florida. I believe if Miami really wants him, that they will get him. Uh, There's a lot of those kids uh, that live down there, Uh, yeah there's a big rivalry between the kids from the muck and then the kids from Miami metro and so a lot of those kids have a lot of connections to Miami and so if Manny wants him I really think it's where he's going to go he's going to have some other options and he'll take some visits but uh, if I had to call it today I don't expect him to be a bulldog but I do like the fact that States out there, kind of you know, swinging for the fences. Listen, we're going to go out there and recruit these kids, and if they don't come here, then then we'll find somebody else. But we're not just going to assume they're not going to come. We're going to make them tell us no. And so I respect that. Uh, Another kid, a little bit closer to home, over from uh, trustful Alabama, is Trey Washington. Now we have had some issues at Hewitt trustful before recruiting kids. You may remember Miles Mason was a guy that was committed to us. And uh, ended up flipping to Arkansas, and one of the coaches on his staff was kind of instrumental in that process. That, uh, you know, there was just a lot of things about all that that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And uh, so we're back in there again recruiting Trey Washington. Trey is a good player. I think Trey would be a good addition. I don't think at this point State's pushing him for a commitment. I think State is probably kind of going to let things play out for a while, Uh, But I believe there are a couple of kids probably ahead of him on the wish list right now. This is my own personal opinion. Uh, But, you know, Mike Leach told me on National Signing Day, we're not going to fly over good players to go sign a guy of comparable ability. If there are kids in our state that are capable of making those plays, we're going to go sign those kids. We're not going to go sign the same kid across the state lines. We're going to look for kids closer to home. I get the feeling that that is really the focus of the cornerback recruitment right now. now. Again, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, but I think you have to recruit the home base first, and I believe that is what's taking place. Now, the first name that comes to mind is M.J. Daniels, former Ole Miss commitment. M.J. Daniels. Now, here's the deal with M.J. and I, and I want and I'm not lobbing shots at Ole Miss here. Okay, I want to make sure you get that. I know that people expect that. M.J. Daniels committed to Matt Luke's staff at Ole Miss. Well, when they made the coaching change, at hired Lane Kiffin. It was communicated to M.J. that his offer was still good and they still honored his commitment and expected him to stay in the class and that he still had a spot. But M.J. just didn't have the same relationship and the same feeling with the new staff. He is still in contact with them. They're still in the process of relationship building. I know that they are still recruiting him. I'm told they're not the factor they'd like to be. But, again, we'll see what happens. Texas A&M, that's where McKinley Jackson, teammate, and I'm told a cousin of MJ is, uh, is at, and, uh, and, and he kind of advised him, hey, kind of wait out the process. I know after he decommitted from Ole Miss, a lot of Florida State fans were suggesting he was about to flip to Florida State. The truth of the matter was, is there was more chatter behind the scenes about MJ Daniels committing to mississippi state not florida state that was that was the running rumor for about 10 days uh leading into his decommitment and then 10 days after his commitment that he was about to commit to mississippi state and then some people close to him said, hey listen let's not rush in anything else you've been committed to somebody for a long time let's just kind of leave it open for a while and see what happens maybe some other schools will emerge and then you have a chance to see what all your options are before you make a decision. There's no need to rush into it because that's what happened in the old Miss deal. That was about all he had, and he jumped on it to make sure he had something. Well, now he is among the most coveted corners in the Southeast. And so as a result, he's got a lot of options to consider. He's got some, he can take his time. He doesn't have to rush. He doesn't have to worry about everybody filling up and then him having to go somewhere perhaps that he's not as excited about. But Mississippi State is very much in the mix with M.J. Daniels. They have let him know that he is a priority. He understands that he is a priority here. Dylan Lawrence is here. Uh, so Dylan Lawrence also can kind of give him some inside information about, hey, here's what it's really like to be at Mississippi State. I don't think he's going to make a decision based on Dylan Lawrence, but it doesn't hurt Mississippi State's chances to have somebody that he knows and has a relationship with kind of talking up Mississippi State. Uh Justin Wiley out of D'Iberville, both of the top corners in the state of Mississippi this year, right down there in the Gulf Coast. And that's one of the things we've been critical about in recent years is that the coast hasn't really produced as much as it probably needs to to help sustain the in-state schools. Well, that's not really the case this year. It's a pretty good year on the coast. It isn't a great year overall, but it is kind of a rebound year for the coast. You know that Elijah Sabatini from Biloxi uh, recently committed to Ole Miss. Devin Smith at Biloxi will, will sign a uh, – a major college scholarship, could be a Power Five guy. And then, of course, you've got you Wiley know, and, and Daniels down there. And so that neck of the woods is doing pretty well producing talent this year. Justin Wiley, there's a lot of rumors about him. and so But here, here's what I am told that you can believe that is factual, is that he's not sure what he wants to do yet. There are a lot of people out there that will say, oh, he's not really looking at Mississippi State. Other people say, oh, well, he's definitely going to go to State because his brother's there. He's going to make his own decision. But I'm told by people with knowledge of the situation that, listen, he's thinking about his family. You know, he didn't want his family to have to pick and choose. You know, hey, well, we're going to go see Jaden play this week and Justin the next week. You know, he would like for everybody to be able to share in the experience. That is a factor, but it is not the only factor. You know, he is going to look at, you know, fields of study, he's going to look at uh, what's best for him, he's going to look at depth charts. Uh, And listen, that's one thing still you look at, hey, you're Mississippi State, and say, okay, listen, you signed three corners last year, uh, and then you've got a junior college guy committed in this class, and Cortez Eatman, so what does that mean for me? And uh, Cortez Eatman, I know that uh, he's been committed to Mississippi State for a little while now. Uh, He is still getting recruited pretty heavily, including Kentucky. So Cortez Eatman, while he is committed, he is a guy that is going to continue to draw attention for sure. Uh, but Justin Wiley is a guy, too, that uh, I had a chance to see play in person last year. I think he stays at corner. I think there's some – I think MJ Daniels is a guy that uh, could probably play all around the secondary when it's all a sudden. I think probably between corner and free safety. But he is a guy that has some versatility to give you some options. But there has been some recent chatter about Baylor and Justin Wiley. And, yes, they've offered. Kansas has offered. And so he's not done adding offers. He's a very talented player. But this, these rumors about he and Ole Miss, you know, I, I, I don't hear that from anybody that I trust. Let's just say that. And and listen, I'll tell you, I think that Ole Miss is going to get Antonio Harmon. Uh, I think Ole Miss is probably going to pick up a couple kids in state that uh, Mississippi State fans really like a lot. Uh, the, Ole Miss is going to get 25 kids. Well, at least they should. They thought they were going to get twenty five last year, and they got left at the altar on signing day by a lot of school, by a lot of the kids. But uh, you know, it's an SEC school; they're going to get kids. I'm not scared to tell you. When we're losing a kid to Ole Miss, I just don't think Justin Wally's is going to be one of those guys. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I know some other people like to say that. It reminds me a little bit of the. Uh, it reminds me about the Addison Lawrence, Cam Lawrence thing. And I remember there was the uh, all the big rumor was that Carl Lawrence, Addison and Cam's dad, uh, Carl and Margie Lawrence, absolutely wonderful people, love both of them. Uh, but the rumor was is that, yeah, I mean, you know, Addison had to go to Mississippi State because Ole Miss didn't offer, but that Carl really wanted Cam to go to Ole Miss. And so when those rumors made the rounds, I just picked up the phone and called Carl Lawrence and said, hey, what's really the deal here? And he laughed the whole thing off. And that was one of their concerns, too, is like, listen, we're going to let Cam make his own decision, but, man, on game day, it sure would be nice to see both my boys on the same field. And they did get together won a state championship together at Magnolia Heights. And so they were used to playing together. You know, these are, this was a very close-knit family. And so this, in my mind, is kind of reminiscent of that, you know, is that the, the Wally brothers have kind of grown up playing together. That's no guarantee they're going to play together in college but there is just a game day tradition of kind of being together as a family that kind of works in Mississippi State's favor. And there was a time that I wasn't exactly sure how hard Mississippi State was pushing Justin Wally to make him feel like a priority. But I understand that has changed uh, here in the last couple of months and that uh, he very much understands Mississippi State wants him. He is going to enjoy the process a little bit. And as someone pointed out on Gene's page earlier, there's really not much of a process to enjoy at this point because there's a dead period all the way up to August 31st. And so now kids are going to have, to, you know, basically have a couple months to kind of figure this thing out uh, you know, from, a, from a face-to-face standpoint. You know, many of the schools that are recruiting these guys have not been able to kind of give them a tour of the facilities or let them ride around town and see the best places to eat or where do I go buy a shirt? Do you have a Dippin' Dots? Do you have a Shopping Mall? Because we know those have been huge hindrances in part of the decision-making process for many recruits or so we've been told. Uh, but it's just a different deal. I mean, there's not a lot of people that are, any kid that commits to a school sight unseen is pretty desperate and probably doesn't have a lot of options. Many of these kids that we're talking about have options. They don't have to do that. That's one of the things where I think where Mississippi State has an advantage with Justin Wally is because of the fact that when Jade and Wiley took a lot of trips up here last year, Justin was with him. And he was able to kind of get to know the lay of the land and the Mississippi State campus. Now, you've got a new coaching staff you kind of got to get to know a little bit. But, listen, there were some in-home visits, uh, you know, this year. And so it's not like there's a bunch of strangers that are just DMing him and saying, hey, we'd love to have you come to Mississippi State. There is the beginnings of a relationship that was already kind of those seeds were planted back in uh, in January, February. So, so this is where we are with that right now. But I think corner recruiting. I think you can afford to be a little bit selective. But I really think that the focus right now will be on the in-state kids first. I think those are the priority. That's not to say that if Markevious Brown wanted to commit tomorrow, you have to make that call. You got to take that. I just don't expect that to happen. And I think Trey Washington's a guy that's still kind of figuring some things out. I, if I had to make a call right now, I would say the next the state will take two more corners and they will likely come from two of those three players. Now that could change as new names emerge and if guys make decisions. But the bottom line is Mississippi State in on some very good corners. And I really like Darcel McBath. I like his whole approach to things. Uh, Brandon Huffman's a longtime friend of mine. When, when we first found out Mike Leach was coming, Brandon Huffman reached out to me almost immediately and said, you're going to love Darcel McBath. He is a true alpha dog. He is a guy, he's a Leach guy all the way. He played for Leach. He's coached for Leach. He understands exactly the kind of player uh, that Mike Leach wants on his team uh, because he's he's been there. He's played there. He's coached there. He understands every angle of this Mike Leach thing. And it uh, wasn't no time after that we found out McBath is coming. And uh, he has done a great job. A very engaging guy. You can see why he does well as a recruiter. I'm eager for you guys to kind of get to know him a little bit better. Hopefully, when things maybe get a little more closer to normal, whatever that means, we can have some video interviews. And I think you're going to be very impressed with him, how he handles himself. And I can see why uh, you know, why recruits kind of respond to him. He is a guy really, really uh, intelligent. And, and a guy that really, you know, he, he communicates very well. But he's one of those guys, too, that uh, you can tell he is a very genuine person. You can just tell that he has your best interest at heart and uh he's not one of these guys that wastes a lot of words uh really impressed by him and so i'm confident that he will deliver a very solid corner class for mississippi state uh this year so we're gonna get ready to get out of here and be back on monday you never know what we're gonna be talking about then Uh, i have finished up the preface and the introduction uh to alpha dogs and all i've got left now is acknowledgments, and that's usually pretty fun but i'm always afraid i'm going to leave somebody out so if i don't mention your name i love you and thank you for your assistance but i will do my best to get everybody in that that uh, has uh has done their part to help and um, it's uh, there's never any shortage of people to thank There are so many people that have been so gracious to me and been so helpful to me throughout this process but uh, we have edited this book more thoroughly than any book that i've ever worked on and there's a lot of software out there now to kind of help you with that and so all that's being utilized uh, but I'm excited for you guys to have these stories. And, and, and I, I get so aggravated during the, during the editorial process. And uh, my agent publisher, they'll tell you, uh, I, I'm not easy to deal with at times. I'm not, I'm not saying that I pitch a fit, but I, you know, I, I can get my feelings hurt a little bit because my emotional buy-in is a little bit different. You know, it's because I love every word. And then when you go through the editorial process, you have to be really critical about your work. And I've worked with some of the same people now for three, three books. And so I know how they work, and they've kind of learned how I work. And they'll say, hey, listen, we've got to fix this, and, and uh, you know, we need a better lead. We've got to have a better ending. And, and uh, I don't enjoy the rewrites until I allow myself to be honest about them. And I can say, you know what, it would be stronger if we did this. And so every, every change that we made, even though I made some of them begrudgingly, made the book better. And uh, I'm so excited for you guys to have it just because of the fact there have been so many people even now you know i get people that tag me in these posts on social media and i have people that message me and say listen steve i got this book for father's day or i got this book for a valentine's day gift or my girls bought this for me for my birthday and uh, and i've loved every word of it and uh, it, it means so much to me to be able to document our stories not just for us to celebrate now but to think about those books on a bookshelf someday and know your kids grow up and they say hey I want to read some books oh here's something about Mississippi State and they learn something about our great Bulldog family they never knew before those things are exciting to me and it's a responsibility that I take very very seriously I hope that we have some stories to write about this fall I believe we will I don't know the parameters behind all of that and we'll figure it out but I don't think spending the month of July wringing our hands and then, you know, jumping on every single negative story out there that uh, kind of feeds the paranoia of the uh, the college football public is healthy for any of us. No decisions are going to be made until we get into the month of August. So let's enjoy the month of July. Let's all celebrate my birthday today and then take the weekend off and enjoy our national holiday. And, uh, and maybe it means a little more this year. You know, just because of the fact that uh, – you know we're not quite as cooped up as we once were and maybe we should be but uh, be that as it may uh, i think people are, are really having a real appreciation for family right now i mean anytime we have a chance to get together with family uh, from a safe distance and you know, we all got to be responsible but i think it's it, it makes the moments mean a little bit more when we get a chance to say you know what i love you and uh, i've missed seeing you it means a lot to me i know that uh one of the things when I moved back to Mississippi is I wanted I wanted to be closer to my sisters and I wanted to be involved in my nieces and nephews' lives. And, and uh, I'm so busy sometimes I don't get to spend as much time with them as I would like to. But when I do get a chance to be around them, it reminds me of, uh, you know, these are the people that have my back all the time, you know, no matter what. And my baby sister, God bless her she can't stand it when somebody says something negative about me on twitter she can't stand it when those almost people get on me and i've explained to her uh that the the mute function on twitter is one of god's greatest gifts and i don't even feel that i mean i've got alligator skin now it just doesn't bother me uh when those people are critical but it it means something to her and so it's nice and it's sweet uh to know that she feels that way but being back home in mississippi you know it's one of those things i'm making new memories all the time but uh days like today when you know, you pick up an old record or, or something like that, and you can be, uh, you know, transported to your youth, and uh, remember when life wasn't quite so complicated, and things weren't so sophisticated. You know, when we just, you know, you give us a tank full of gas and some time, we could, uh, we could do just about anything. You know, and so I long for those days once again. I love a road trip, but uh, you know, there's just something about the naivety of youth. I guess when uh, you know, when you just. You ride around, and you go get a snack, and then you, you get in the car and you laugh and you joke and you have a good time and you turn the radio up way too loud and you sing way too loud, but you just enjoy life. And uh, I look forward to that. I look forward to a good day today. So if you see me today, please say happy birthday. Not that I have anything that I require to feel special or anything. Uh, I'm very, very happy with life. And uh, it's one of those things, too, when I look at this year, I'm so, I feel so accomplished having the book done now. But uh, I wanted to be able to look back at this period of my life and say, you know what, I was productive. I didn't just sit around waiting to die. I didn't just sit around waiting for the next bad news to come. But I did something positive and productive. Now now that you know this is going to be over with, I'm going to have to find something else to fill it with. And my hope is, is that we're filling it writing Mississippi State stories about football practice. And that's what I expect to happen. And I'll be surprised if that's not what happens. But that's going to do it for today. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we live. We make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator